So I'm uh, Andrew Fawkes. I'm the course director for the BSc product design at London South Bank University. I'm also a principal designer for a medical product design company, uh, and I do other projects on the side. Uh, in response to the first question about the first piece of graphic design, uh, it, it's hard to it's hard to define that, but I've got a number of influences that I can recollect that have been, I suppose, significant to me. Um, and ultimately, because of my my discipline of being a, a three-dimensional designer, a product designer, it, it hasn't been kind of restricted to just two-dimensional graphics, but three-dimensional objects and, and uh, you know, basically visual inspiration. Um, I'm guessing, and it may be a constructed memory, one of, one of the first memories I had was looking at, the, at uh, a moon landing. I've actually fact-checked that, and that could have been Apollo 15, and it was maybe out of a cot on the Isle of Wight uh, when my parents were on holiday and I saw it on a black and white telly. Um, that could be just a complete construct of my, my imagination. And then after that, uh, something that was always kind of formative in my direction of, of liking stuff was uh, the work of Richard Scarry, children's illustrator. So um, his busy world and what, what do people do all day? You know, apart from having really charming and engaging illustrations, which as a kid, you just go, well, I like this, um, which I did. Um, it was the whole notion of dissecting society, which I found really fascinating at, at, at a level that was really palatable to, you know, my five or six year old self. And then on from that, um, Lego Action Man, Airfix, model kits, model planes, lawnmowers, scooters, generally making and making stuff and breaking stuff. Uh, not necessarily in that order. Things like sweets like Bazooka Joe, you know, that little ritual of unwrapping and having the gift of, of um, that really waxy paper of, um, you know, before you ate the sweet of, of reading a cartoon it was actually probably out of cultural context because they're all kind of American 1950s generated imagery. And then as I got slightly older, um, and this is, I'm guessing has been a, a running theme, my dad's record collection, which wasn't brilliant, um, mainly consisted of John Denver, Barbara Streisand, and if I was lucky, a few Top of the Pops compilations. Um, and then on from that, things, you know, images of my Uncle Roy, um, my, my uncle's reel-to-reel -reel player as a, as a visual uh, representation of sound it was it was an amazing thing to go over and and just see this thing moving and and it was probably James last and whatever on a, on a Sunday tea um, hearing the music music pipe out of it was amazing and then I think I suppose one of the most culturally significant records that I saw was probably one of the only records my brother had which was a, a 12 inch Dillinger single that was in white vinyl and all of a sudden that was like wow what's that uh, I don't know where it's gone I wish I had it now um, and then you know my personal record collection which at that point in time started from Quadrophenia, Motown and, and I suppose you know a very thin edge 
of the diverse music that I listen to now and the diverse influences I have. From that, it kind of spurred on to things like blueprints, technical illustrations and engineering drawings, which were part of my practice at the time. You know, at school, we had drawing boards um, and that kind of helped, I suppose, form my idea at that point in time. I didn't know what an industrial designer was. The, the career service at the school was, was pretty shoddy at that time. I'm guessing that's the same across the country. And there was only two kind of recognised jobs. You either worked in a factory or you worked in a bank. And they were trying to pipe, pipe out students in that direction. And I said, well, is there a job for people that can make stuff? And I said, oh, no, Andrew, that, that's, not, that's not feasible. Why, you know, why would you want to do that? You could work in a bank, uh, which I didn't want to do. Um, so I had, a, I had a portfolio of work at school and went to Braintree School of Art for an interview. And they said, well, looking at the stuff you do naturally, you should be doing a product design course. Remember, these are pre-internet days, you, you know, so you couldn't just Google what that was. Um, I suppose the nearest creative discipline that was known was architecture. Um, but I didn't really want to do that, although I had jobs making architectural models and working for interior designers before I left school through the family network. I just did stuff and then went to uh, Colchester Institute, did my BTEC and then went to Central School of Art before it came Central St Martins. So from that, you know, if we're talking about the journey of graphics and, and or visual influences, all of a sudden I was living in London. Uh, there was a scene, like there's always a scene somewhere and um, got into the music of, well, funk, soul, going to, what's it called? London School of Economics. Weirdly that, uh, the, the London School of Economics had better DJs than they had at Central St Martins. So we tended to descend with my, my friends to their Friday night sessions. And that just started that journey of, of being very wet behind the ears musically of, you know, visual and oral influences and kind of jumped on that journey of, of kind of starting to discover the things I liked, which obviously is, you know, I don't want to limit that to... Um, just liking one genre. It's it, funny enough. I've been re reading quite a little bit on on Duke Ellington recently about you know the, the notion of there's there's only two types of music, good and bad. Um, it's up to us to define which is which. Um, so you know I've worked in various places, IDEO London, collaborated with Swifty and and my colleagues Susanna Suarez on various you know fascinating and interesting products, as well as doing kind of not the mundane day job, but um, the kind of jobs that kind of feed into and out of each other. So being an academic, being a practicing designer, and then doing some, some other stuff on the side. In terms of what I'm working on right now, um, in my academic role, uh, we've got the critique tomorrow for a project that we're collaborating with IDEO London. So thankfully, uh, we've got uh, Matt Cooper Wright, who's a design director at IDEO, who's uh, incredibly generous with his time and he's supporting our, our wonderful design students on more of the, the service design aspect of, of the product design discipline. So we've got the, the critique tomorrow. That whole project is based around a, a paper that we wrote um, about the notion of expanding the disciplines of design from, from a product design perspective. Um, 
obviously um, a bundle of preparation for the new semester. And um, in my industry role, I've got medical products that I, I can't tell you about. Um, they're all hush hush, top secret. Um, so that kind of that kind of feeds two days a week of of practicing as a as a, as a product designer, stroke uh, product engineer, stroke prototyper. So with within lockdown, I, I'm relatively self sufficient. I've got my vinyl collection here, or some of it. Uh, my 3D printer and my computers, and, and that's kind of enough for the kind of work that I'm doing at the moment. The advice for graphic design students, well, I think the advice is for more all creative students, and it, it stems from um, my submission to the, the new art school rules, which is use your head, heart and hands. Ultimately, you just have to try and define the order, and that's part of that intellectual thing of knowing the craft of whatever discipline you're working in, even at graduate level, and starting to build your own approach to things. And that approach needs to change in the context of whatever job you're doing. Our students are, are becoming more multidisciplinary as the notion of being a product design becomes multidisciplinary. So to give them exposure to lots of different aspects of design, I think is vital. Yes, they may major in physical products, but ultimately the, the thinking process and you know, the notion of design thinking is, is very broadly overused at the moment. But the whole notion of, of trying to give them their own personal repertoire to make them valuable to themselves and to society is, is brilliant. Um, and I suppose a, a couple of points would be avoid getting typecast in your discipline. Again, if you're good at one thing, build up the skills on, on other things so that you've, you've got a, um, a fuller pint. Embrace failure and possibility. Um, that's vital. And that's hard to learn as well from our prior schooling systems. We're, we're kind of ingrained not to fail. Um, and some people relish that. And, and, and to build on that, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, which is always that process of, okay, this is a brief this is some dialogue. This isn't what I was expecting. How do I work around it? And that's me. Thank you. <laughs>